Hello, everybody. My name is Kevin. My name is Dusty. Welcome to the Double Take Podcast, where we review a major say what, what, and do a double take this week. During this episode, we will be discussing Jimmy Carr's joke that didn't land, pregnant women using marijuana, and three crazy stories out of Alabama. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Double Take Podcast. Double Take Podcast. What? See what we did there? <laughs> where your hosts review what made you say what? 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 What happened? And do a double take this week. Welcome to the show. This is Double Take. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for coming to another week of the Double Take Podcast. Dusty, how's your week going? I'm going, well, it's going fantastic. I found out today that KFC is teaming up with Cheetos to make, like, all different kinds of food. Cheetos. Yeah, yeah. So they're making, like, a Cheetos crust for their chicken. And they're even doing a flaming hot version. Hot chip. Oh my! Man. And they're coming out with all sorts of other stuff. I can't remember exactly everything they said, but uh, Grammy mentioned it to me, and I was like, "Holy shit!" They're coming out with Cheeto KFC. That sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I've been to the KFC in about thirteen years. But <laughs> I was offended. <laughs> sorry. As a fellow fat man, I'm sorry. I do apologize. Uh, well, did you hear that they're getting rid of KFC buffets nationwide? We had to apply for it, right? No, they're getting rid of it. It broke, and every I, when we at, went in there, I was like, "Are you taking donations?" <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, are you "No, taking donations." And they said, "No." And I said, "Well, why are you getting rid of it?" And they said, "Well, they're getting rid of it nationwide, and there's no point in fixing it if we're just gonna get rid of it again." <laughs> I was like, I like had fond memories of this machine, and I was like getting ready to buy it just to put it in my house <laughs> with a giant Ask KFC logo. Can we go in the barn, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, family reunions. We can for those of up. you who who don't know, I uh, my family has a farm and uh, we have a giant barn. And this town is like three thousand people, and like the biggest fast food restaurant in this town is KFC. <laughs> uh, Kevin, how was your uh, week? It's fine. Cool. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. I actually, did you know I've literally been counting down since until your child was born? You have nine weeks. I know. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I I know. I told my grandma that today. She goes, <laughs> she said, "I hope they're ready. They're gonna. There's gonna be so much fun." Yeah, so much fun. Then she goes, she goes. We went to Cracker Barrel for lunch, and she goes, "They should come here and shop for clothes. <laughs> they have a onesie that's twenty dollars." Yeah, we should go. I was there, like, yeah. "Holy Jesus!" Um, but okay, let's get to the news. <laughs> Jimmy Carr faces backlash over jokes about Korean boy band BTS. Jimmy Carr is barely a stranger to controversy, but one of his recent comments has gone down particularly bad for the comedian. The controversy came when appearing on an Australian program 20 to 1, appearing in a segment about the Korean boy band BTS. Carr said, When I first heard something Korean had exploded in America, I got worried. So I guess it could have been worse, but not much worse. After the clip emerged, many on Twitter branded the comedian's comments as racist. Some of the comments include... At Jimmy Carr, being racist is not funny. Your comments about BTS was disrespectful and offensive. If you can't be funny without being horrible, then maybe try a different career. The next one said, Literally every sentence said this video is problematic and is filled with racial undertones and xenophobia. Dear at 2021, you should definitely reflect and apologize for the disgusting, misinformed report about BTS. Channel 9, which broadcasts 2021, has since issued a public apology over the segment. A statement reads, As a lighthearted entertainment program, it is our belief that last night's episode of 20 to 1, which highlights the greatest global crazes, did not breach any broadcast regulations, and was intended to humorously highlight the popularity of the group. 
We apologize to anyone who may have been offended by last night's episode. Kevin, what do you think? I thought the joke was funny. And I'm an American. (laughs) I don't think it was a racist thing at all. I think it was just the... Everyone's talking about Koreans. They're not talking about South Korea. We're talking about North Korea is what he's talking about. People are getting really sensitive about nothing. And it's getting exhausting. My main thing is if you don't know who Jimmy Carr is... Yeah, you'll probably be offended by the comments. Exactly. I watch all of Jimmy Carr stuff, and that's what his he, yeah. That's he's his known to be rude. He pushes the envelope. Okay, that's what he does. Like that's his comedy, and I love how what was that one Twitter thing? If 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 you can't be funny without being horrible, then be try maybe try a different career. That's his brand. <laughs> uh, do you know how popular Jimmy Carr is? He's a successful comedian. Come on, the only people who get more concussions than NFL players are their wives. A nurse finds a, a rectal thermometer in her, in her pocket and goes, ah, oh, some arsehole's got my pen. I've got no problem buying tampons, but apparently they're not a proper present. Out of nowhere, your mate goes, if you had to sleep with a man, who'd it be? Well, I wouldn't, so it wouldn't be anyone. But if you had to, though, well, I wouldn't, though. But if you had to, though, well, I wouldn't. But if you had to, I wouldn't. If you had to, but if you had to, I wouldn't. If you had to, well, puff. <laughs> Runs a TV show. Who are you? Like what do you like? What do you talk? Obviously, people find him funny. Yeah, and that's not spreading hate about the Korean community. That was a joke about North Korea always, uh, like threatening to bomb the United States. That's why it was funny. So I don't know. There's just people that are so sensitive, and it's like, I don't know. Like I said, it's just getting exhausting. I'm huge into comedy. I know you are too. All of our even like comedians aren't even the biggest. Like Jimmy Carr is huge, and he's getting this, so it's not like nothing for him. But I have follow comedians that are like not as big as him, and they're still getting outcries about stuff, and it's just exhausting. I was literally listening to Ralphie May today in my car, right? Yeah, home, and he got plenty of shit. Oh yeah, but the 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 whole premise of the joke that he was telling was how nobody finger bangs girls anymore. Exactly. That was yeah. literally... That was a 2015 one. <clears throat> it wasn't? I don't know. 2014 or 2015, he, he talking about yeah. how, like, in the 80s, and then <laughs> there was this old guy in the crowd, and he goes, yeah. sir, how old are you? And the guy goes, 57. He goes, 70? And he goes, no, 57. And he goes, damn, man, take a vitamin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stop watching Fox News and get some sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Like, and that's the brand of comedy I exactly. like. Crude is kind yeah, of funny. It's a joke. In the pr- and the guy in the audience, guess what? Oh, the entire time. And he, you know, and it's just like, but if he said that to a millennial, they'd cry. Oh my <laughs> god. We are millennials, and we know how I know, bad we exactly. are. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, anywho. Yeah, I, I just personally think the people that were like oh, were offended by the joke don't understand his comedy. They don't exactly. understand comedy in general, and just think that every little thing that comes out of somebody's mouth is xenophobic. You have to have a humor for certain kinds of things. They're pussies. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Grow some skin. Well, hey, that's offensive. You can't call somebody that. They're, okay. <laughs> They're wimps. <laughs> uh, next! Seven motorcyclists are dead after colliding with a pickup truck in New Hampshire. Seven motorcyclists were killed and three others injured when they collided with a pickup truck going the opposite direction in New Hampshire, police said. Authorities received a phone call around 6.30 p.m. Friday about a motor vehicle crash on Route 2 in Randolph, New Hampshire. State Police Captain Chris Vetter said, The pickup truck, a Dodge 2016-2500, was traveling west on Route 2 when the motorcyclists were traveling east, police said. Seven died on the scene and three others were taken to hospitals. Vetter could not provide information on the condition of those injured or the identities of the victims. State police collision analysis and reconstruction teams are investigating the crash, along with local police and the Coos County Attorney's Office. The scene is pretty large and there's a lot of work to be done, Vetter said. 
I don't know that I've ever seen a crash with this much loss of life. It was a pretty significant accident. Kevin? Yikes. No one likes to see that. So was someone driving on the wrong side of the road? Uh, Yeah, no. Uh, What had happened was the truck was driving down the street. And what I believe from reading the report is that something happened and the trailer and the truck turned uh. and started sliding down the road and took out the seven motorcyclists. It's just, like, incredible for me, anyway, to listen to this because, you know, I know a lot of people who ride motorcycles. Yeah. My sister rides motorcycles. My parents ride motorcycles. And then to see, like... Seven of them were taken out all at once. Exactly. It's insane. How like how does that happen? You, where we're from, uh, it's kind of like one of the big areas. Milwaukee's a big area for Harley Davidson, and uh, you see motorcycles all the time traveling yep. in groups and packs doing charity rides. Now, just imagine this kind of accident happened here. It would have taken out a lot more than seven. Yeah, it would. I can a, tell you. Also, would have been a huge outcry too. Yeah, uh, I just I the the hard part here is just like visualizing like what actually happened and how it happened. It must just be catastrophic, and not to make a joke <laughs> about something terrible, but I could totally see this being a final destination video. Yep, <laughs> everyone's movie. getting knocked out at once. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's just crazy. Uh, next, University of Michigan investigating after noose found at employee's desk. University of Michigan police are investigating after a noose was found on an employee's desk at a university hospital. The university has taken immediate action to investigate the incident that occurred Thursday as an act of discrimination and criminal ethnic intimidation, said the dean of the University of Michigan Medical School. This act of hate violates all of the values that we hold dear and is not tolerated, he said, calling the noose a symbol of hate and discrimination. Heather Young, a university police spokesman, told CNN the desk is a shared workplace shared by multiple people and is a difficult to answer question about the race or ethnicity of the employee who uses it. Video surveillance recordings may be helpful in the investigation. We have thousands of cameras all over the University of Michigan and we are looking at all sources of information, Young said. The FBI is aware of the incident and Timothy R. Slater, the special agent in charge of the Bureau's Detroit office. If in the course of the local investigation, information comes to light of a particular federal civil rights violation, the FBI is prepared to investigate, Slater said. So for me, uh, when I went to school, there were a lot of incidents regarding race that happened on the campus from an accidental, and I want to claim accidental blackface issue, <laughs> to um, you know spray painting uh, cuss words or slurs on people's doors and on walls and on the streets. Um, this is something that's so incredibly disheartening to hear, um, but it's also one of those things where having experience somebody be falsely accused of something like this i think it's going to require a lot more investigation before jumping in and instantly saying it's right. discrimination or um, some kind of ethnic intimidation the big thing here is they said that the desk is shared by multiple people and it's hard yeah. to pinpoint who it might have been directed towards right so it might not even have a racial meaning to begin with but i do want to point out that there is a racial meaning behind this with right. lynching and everything exactly um there was a big incident that happened not too long ago <laughs> I don't want to say Alabama because I feel like we're targeting Alabama this episode. But I think it was in Alabama. Uh, a black family uh, was leaving to go to work and drop all the kids off at school, and they walked out, and they saw a little noose hanging from their tree in the front yard. Yeah. Um, so not to, like, say that this doesn't have any meaning whatsoever, but I feel like the meaning behind it should definitely be investigated before we jump directly into racism. Right. Because I, know, I don't know about you, but when I was sitting at work sometimes, I would just make stuff. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, you know, you know, somebody could have just been sitting there and practicing tying knots. <laughs> you never uh, know. You what? picked a noose. Hey, in Boy Scouts, we used to tie nooses all the time. 
knots awful. Well, but we would. Boy we Scouts of America, get your life. We, we'd practice knots and stuff, and you can use nooses for a lot of stuff. It's true. Not yeah. just suicide and lynching. You can yeah. use it to, like, <laughs> tie yourself from use a tree. Yeah. You know, climb up a tree, rope stuff. You can use a noose for a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. It wasn't necessarily hanging at first. You can use it if you're putting on a, like, hang, um, fuck, uh, like, Putting up a tent. We gotcha. Yeah, okay. So you can use uses for a lot of stuff. Yeah. So um, I don't think that we should directly jump into racism, but I do think that it could be racist. <laughs> for sure. Depending yeah. on who it was directed towards, I suppose. Next, more American women are using marijuana while pregnant, a study says. More moms to be in the United States are using marijuana, especially in their first trimester, according to a study published Tuesday in the medical journal JAMA. The percentage of pregnant women who reported using marijuana in the past month increased overall from 3.4% in 2000 to 7% in 2017. In the first trimester, past month marijuana use increased from 5.7% to 12.1%. Pregnant women consistently reported more medical marijuana use in the first trimester than in the second or third trimester. Although many states have approved cannabis for nausea and vomiting, including in pregnancy, the results suggest that clinicians might not recommend it during pregnancy, one author wrote. While the health effects of marijuana on a fetus are not yet established, they could include developmental problems and low birth weight, according to the U.S. Center for Disease and Control and Prevention. Most birth defects occur in the first trimester of pregnancy, when the organs are forming, the CDC stated. That's why marijuana effects on fetal growth could be more pronounced in women who consume marijuana frequently, especially in the first and second trimesters, according to the authors. The study's findings are consistent with previous research that shows increased marijuana use among pregnant women in California and in the United States as a whole from 2002 to 2014. This study further analyzed marijuana use in pregnant women across trimesters. However, the authors stated these numbers could be underestimated, as some women may not realize they're pregnant. This study highlights the importance of screening and interventions for cannabis use among all pregnant women. The author cited. Kevin? Um, so my girlfriend is pregnant at the moment. I don't think I'd feel comfortable with her smoking marijuana. At wacky this tobacco? Yeah, wacky tobacco. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, it says, you know, most of the birth defects of babies start in the first trimester. So if you're smoking a drug, um, I know I learned that if, you, if the – if the mother's on a drug when they're when you're pregnant, that baby becomes addicted to that too. Then you get into the thing where, well, is marijuana addictive? And I feel like it's just like anything else. If it makes you feel good and releases dopamine, like French fries at McDonald's do for me, and masturbation, that's one of the biggest ones. To be <laughs> yeah, honest. it I is. Ju- no, no, that's it, that's like, why I read a study that said that most millennial ki- people are having trouble in re- getting into relationships yes. because the dopamine levels through masturbation suit them enough. That they exactly. don't feel need to go out and get those connections. Exactly. Or when they're in a relationship, sex is very problematic now. I've heard a lot of those. So Can't it's like, relate. nope. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, so that's why that's a that's dicey. That's dicey. That's dicey. Uh, that's a that's a dicey one. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't roll the dice on that one for sure. Yeah. Uh, it ain't worth it, dog. Well, I think wait nine I'm, months and you can smoke up as much as you want. I think the big thing here is because cannabis up until recently has been like a taboo thing, especially like cannabis oil even, but yeah. mostly marijuana as a whole have been really taboo until the last couple of years. It's hard for like me as a person to be like, oh, these are all the bad effects that cannabis has when we don't know those because they haven't been properly studied because everyone's been like, no, we shouldn't be right. legalizing this. We shouldn't be doing this. So it's kind of hard 
to to realize those things because I kind of like vaping. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, you know, the hard part about vaping is because it's a new thing. There's not a lot of studies on it yet. Right. Because with smoking, we've had literally hundreds of years to do research on the effects of smoking. We have no clue what's going to happen with people who vape consistently. Um, So it's one of those things where until we're able to actually study it and get a better understanding of it, we're going to have no idea. And for cannabis or or marijuana more specifically, uh, the effects on children, we won't know those for decades until, like, we can actually see the children and get to know – if they actually do have any defects to them. Like, we might notice at first, like, if they're missing, a like, their forehead, right? <laughs> or their tongue, yeah. or they yeah. have, like, 12 fingers, we're probably like, oh, <laughs> something's Whoops. wrong here. But right. at the same time, most likely that won't happen because, you know, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I wouldn't roll the dice. <laughs> but uh, who am I? Right? I mean, it's legal. Yeah. Next, the As Sharp as a Marble Award of the week goes to College Students Use Baseball Bat to Put Duck Out of Misery. Former student baseball players at the Alabama Community College are accused of pulling a duck from a campus pond and beating it with a bat. Following a party, Thomas Landon Grant and Jacob Fry allegedly beat the white duck found on campus of the Central Alabama Community College in Alexander City before putting in a bag at a nearby apartment. One of the pair allegedly then beat the duck further in an attempt to, quote, put it out of its misery before dumping the animal in a wooded area, per Fox News. A coach who soon after learned of the May 5th incident found the duck alive. Detective Robert Oliver said, per Alabama.com, it was then euthanized. Grant, age 19, was booked into the Tallapalooza County Jail on May 31st before posting a $5,000 bond. Now living in Georgia, Fry, also 19, surrendered to Alexander City Police on Friday. Both are charged with aggravated animal cruelty. Kevin, this seems pretty familiar. <laughs> Put him in jail. <laughs> well, I see, if you guys are new, uh, we talked about a mayor who beat a raccoon to death with a bat. What was it, last week already? Last week. Yeah, yeah <laughs> because they thought it had rabies. So for me, like the difference here is mind-boggling. These guys saw a white duck and said, let's beat it to death with a bat. Ooh, the mayor was like, this This raccoon might have rabies. So um, we thought last week was insane. This, this is, one's like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> like, how the fuck do you get to the point where you say, you know that really pretty white duck in the pond at school? Let's grab a bat and beat it to death. They probably have small dicks. But then we won't beat it to death. We'll put it in a bag, beat it a little more, throw it in the woods, and call dead. it a day. And it was alive. Yeah. You guys can't even kill a goddamn duck. No, what, so what? if they're going to – no, but the thing is, like, if they're going to argue this in court and say they're trying to put it out of its misery, they didn't even kill it, right? They and, just beat it more. And they're baseball students. These guys must suck <laughs> at baseball. If you they're can't kill – They're not going to the majors anytime soon. Nope. But then, like – he killed a fucking duck. I will say I give the coach a lot of applause. Yeah. Because if these players were really good players and then he learned of this incident, he still gave them up, yep. right? It's not like one of those incidents where, like, he knew about it and he's like, oh, you know what? I don't want to lose my star players. So he doesn't right. tell anybody. He stood up. He told them. And now they're, you know, in jail, which is great. I think it's wonderful. Um, well, at least one of them is in jail. Is there the death penalty in Alabama? No, but PETA might <laughs> put something out for him. Yeah, PETA will, like, put a head out on him. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So that, that's disappointing. But we have a lot of other stories coming out of Alabama. I don't know why today is an Alabama day, <laughs> but I, I'll tell you. The- hey, Alabama, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the title. I'm t- yeah, yeah, that's I know. the yep. title. Uh, actually, the title is originally like "What the fuck, Alabama?" But I don't fucking hey, Alabama, go fuck yourself. We should like just make that the title for everything. <laughs> I know. Go I fuck know. yourself. <laughs> Next, 
Deputies say a man had a meth-fueled attack squirrel. Alabama authorities arrested a man and are searching for another after they found methamphetamine, drug paraphernalia, body armor, and an attack squirrel during a search on Monday. The Limestone County Sheriff's Office said Ronnie Reynolds, 37, was arrested during the search. They added Mickey Pollock, 35, is wanted by investigators after he allegedly fed a squirrel meth to keep it aggressive. Investigators said they searched an apartment in the 2100 block of Piney Chapel Road around 8.30 a.m. Monday after they received tips about an attack squirrel being fed meth to keep it aggressive. They found meth, drug paraphernalia, body armor, ammunition, and the squirrel in a cage. Animal control officials were called to the apartment, and they, in turn, contacted officials with an Alabama Game and Fish Division of the Department of Conservation. Officials said they were told it's illegal to have a pet squirrel and they should release it, which deputies reported they did successfully. Reynolds was charged with possession of a controlled substance, possession of drug paraphernalia, and loitering at a known drug house. He was taken to the Limestone County Jail and released on a $4,000 bond. Deputies stated they were unable to safely test the squirrel for meth. <laughs> Kevin? Uh, wow, Alabama, <laughs> you produce the greatest people. Um, <laughs> no offense to, like, the good people in Alabama. I don't want this to be like we're attacking What them. good people? Or no. Um, <laughs> no, there's a lot of wonderful people in Alabama. Y- yeah, sure. Um, out of all the animals you could pick to be your 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 drug guard dog or dog an- or animal, picked a squirrel. Picked a squirrel. High on meth. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they couldn't test it. So <laughs> they don't know if it's true. They don't know if the but... thing was actually getting fed meth. But uh, <laughs> body armor, meth. What a guy! <laughs> but my, sounds like an awesome dude. The thing that like really like triggered me, <laughs> not even triggered me, was they called animal control and animal control was like the fuck. So they had to call the Department of Game and Fish. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck? Can you imagine being on the other line of that call and being like, wait, they did what? You they fed run, him uh, meth. You want to run that by me again, son? <laughs> like, what do you want me to do about it? Uh, release it. Yeah, well, I'm surprised they even released it. You know, if it's if it's aggressive, <laughs> and it's probably gonna go through withdrawals. You pissed. I'm surprised they just didn't use it. Where's my goddamn nuts? <laughs> it's like roid rage. Just goes and kills like four squirrels. Like, <laughs> if, if they find it in a drug house a couple weeks later, <laughs> rummaging Noise. through the meth. <laughs> Noise. Uh, next, grandmother holds suspect at gunpoint until deputies arrive. A 75-year-old woman is cited with helping to catch a man on the run from police in Alabama. Grandmother of four, Marcia Black, told a local news outlet that she was at her Limestone County home when a wanted man approached. Cameron Powers had been on the run for several hours after crashing a stolen car. I walked out and said, can I help you? And he said, yes, ma'am. I'd like to use your phone. Black talked to Powers on her front porch, all while holding a rifle. I wanted to keep him at a distance, she said. I didn't intend to kill him. I just wanted him to think I would shoot him. (laughs) Powers inched closer to her home as her two young grandchildren watched from inside. Black's 15-year-old granddaughter, Allie Ruth Black, called 911. He couldn't get down, so I shot in the air. Oh, he wouldn't get down, so I shot in the air, and he realized I meant business. So he got down on his knees, she said. Soon, deputies arrived. He feared the deputies more than he feared my rifle, Black said. He jumped up and ran zigzag right across the field. Powers was charged with auto theft and attempting to elude police. He was booked in a Limestone County Jail on a $6,000 bond. Allie Ruth was amazed by her grandmother's handling of the situation. It just amazes me that I got to witness my grandmother in action, she said. It's just another day, Marcia Black said. If something happens, you take care of it. That's that. (laughs) Wait, before we begin, I want to point out 
that this also happened in Limestone, Alabama. So not only did this grandmother hold a man hostage, people also are feeding their squirrels meth. <laughs> also, hey, Alabama, I know I just talked a lot of hate about your shithole state, but you produced a good one there. <laughs> you My, produced a good one. You know what makes me funny? Well, do you know what makes me funny? Do you know what makes me laugh? Is that both of these stories came from the same police department. So <laughs> that they week, had a week. <laughs> what did you do this week? Well, I found a squirrel on meth, and then a grandmother kept a convict on the run at gunpoint. <laughs> but then the granddaughter saying, I really got to see my grandmother in action. action. Yeah, no, I loved the part also where like, I didn't want to kill him. I just want to make sure he knows <laughs> I, I know I mean business. And like, oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine that dude just pissing his pants? Just oh. like, holy shit, I'm going to die from this old lady. When he started running, I'm surprised she started popping off <laughs> shots. When she said he started running zigzagging, he yeah. knew she yeah. might yeah, fire exactly. at him. So that grandma did a fantastic job. Good job. Next! Dead baby discovered in park turns out to be a doll with blue skin. Horror and alarm over the discovery of what appeared to be a body of a dead baby at a New York City park turned relief and probably some embarrassment Tuesday when the blue-skinned corpse was later revealed to be a realistic-looking doll. Police and paramedics rushed to a bayside neighborhood of Queens at around 7.40 a.m. after a woman out for a walk found a baby lying face down in the grass. Detectives descended on the park in droves to look for evidence. A crime scene tent was set up. The yellow tape blocked off the area where the discovery was made. Police initially reported the child was three months old and had been pronounced dead at the scene of an undetermined cause. At some point, though, a closer inspection showed the object in the grass was a doll of some sort of theatrical prop, and its skin appeared purposely colored to resemble decomposing skin. One giveaway is the baby's t-shirt, which read, The Crawling Dead. <laughs> the red lettering wasn't initially visible because the doll was on its stomach. It appeared to be a baby with discoloration consistent with signs of prolonged death, but thankfully, it was actually a like-life prop, Fire Department spokesman Miles Miller said. The error was discovered when personnel from the city's medical examiner arrived to retrieve the body. Police said the episode is under investigation. The Fire Department's emergency medical service was also doing a medical review, Miller said. Wow. <laughs> The men and women out there are protecting us from the a decomposing doll. Frontline! <laughs> Set up an evidence tent. Everything <laughs> for this doll. I know I shouldn't laugh. But <laughs> I, can you just imagine like the medical examiner's face when he gets out there? He's like, you what the assholes. fuck do you want me to do with this? It's and 3 a.m. I was sleeping. They're like, isn't this a baby? Well, no! <laughs> Did you check the pulse? <laughs> Did you do anything? I like, you should be like, pronounced dead, huh? Uh... Did you actually check? Well, like, I get, like, police probably don't want to touch it because, you know, it's blue. But yeah. at the same time, though, like, wouldn't there be something in their mind saying, like, I should probably check for a pulse? Right. I mean, if I was a cop, I probably wouldn't want to pick up a dead baby either. But, but pronounced out of dead. everything. The, well, then, fine. Okay, if the cops didn't, the medical, like, team was there. Yeah. The well, fire department, an ambulance. Give like, props hey. to the people who made the doll, though. Like, yeah, good if it was job, for a guys. theater group. They did a really good job. Can you imagine being the one person who had to take the doll home for a day and lost it? And they're like, fuck, where'd it go? And then and you look at the news. On the news and it says dead baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, all of a sudden you get an email from your boss, Jonathan. <laughs> this is a giant. Please don't tell me that's our doll. I imagine it's like a giant well, publicity see. stunt. <laughs> go see the crawling dead. <laughs> now in theaters. Oh, oh, Jesus Christ. I feel so sorry for these uh, police department guys because they weren't prepared. They were probably in shock 
and horror and an yeah. awe that somebody killed a baby in their town. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, in I guess town, it's New, New York. York. <laughs> in the city. Well, it's in tween- Queens. Oh, so, that's you know. near. Yeah, you know. The King of Queens. Good show. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that was – it was insane when I read it. I got all the way through it, and I was like, wait. It was a doll. <laughs> nice. Good job, guys. Oh. Uh, so Kevin and I thought it would be a good idea to get some input from a real police officer. So we contacted my brother-in-law, who is uh, a police officer, and I don't want to say where or anything, but his name is Chris. Uh, and this is what he had to say. Oh, that's a bit of an embarrassment. Just a bit? A little bit. <laughs> Although, let, let's say I came across that. We're not supposed to, well, you know, we're supposed to start life-saving measures, so. That's what I thought. We would have realized that not all departments do, though. So if it's their policy that they come across that, they're like, all right, cordon everything off until detectives get here, then they can touch it. Or the medical examiner, they wait for them to go and touch it. Hmm. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week when we say, what the fuck, and dive into more news that made us stop and do a double take.